1: Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of Laces Out. Jarrett Bailey, Kurt Homester with you as always. We got week eight starting up tonight, Kurt. We've reached the halfway point of the season. Crazy that it's got here this fast. What's going on, mate?
0: I'm, I'm doing great. You know, we're, we're moving right along in the season. We got Thursday night football tonight. Last night was weird. Uh, Wednesday night was weird. There was no sports for the first time since like the middle of July. So I didn't really like it too much, but it's okay. We got football this weekend and I couldn't be happier.
1: Well, I'm not going to complain too much. We were stuck with ping pong and NASCAR and soccer for a solid two-month stretch. So I think that we can handle the, the occasional day off. Joining us today, one of our favorites, wherever there's football to be talked about, you can probably find a Mike Tanier fan site at Pro Football Network, New York Times. Anywhere there's football to be written. Mike, good to see you again, man. How are you?
2: Doing great. And I'm looking forward to Rivalry Week in the NFL. You take a look it's down exciting. the schedule. A lot of the big rivalries happening, I guess, starting with
1: Steelers-Ravens, but a few other ones as
2: well. Yes, yeah, I mean, yes. we
1: even got one. We even got one tonight. I guess if you want to consider that a, a rivalry game, oh, yeah. I guess in the NFC South
0: division <laughs> yeah, rivals. I don't heated. know. How, I don't know how competitive <laughs> it'll be, but division rivals. Yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, the, the heated historic rivalry <laughs> of uh, Matt Rule and uh, Raheem Raheem Morris. Morris yeah, yeah, there's yeah, a lot of so. bad
2: blood going back to <laughs> ever
1: uh, these two uh, historic <laughs> Titans. <laughs> Not to be confused with the Titans, of course. Yes. So, I mean, you mentioned Steelers-Ravens. I guess that's a solid starting point. Um, Pittsburgh coming off that game that they, you know, seem to have pretty much in hand after the first half against Tennessee and then in typical Pittsburgh fashion, they take their foot off the gas. It becomes closer than it should be. Um, This is where the whole COVID rescheduling, I think, is going to start to kind of hurt, hurt the Steelers a little bit just because, you know, this is their second consecutive road game and a stretch of three straight that they'll end up playing. They got Dallas next week. In, uh, in Dallas, so um, what are your thoughts on this game, especially with, you know, Baltimore off the bye as well?
2: You know, one thing I'll say about consecutive road games, one team I worry least about that is the Steelers in terms of their travel distances, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going into a hostile Baltimore environment now, and you, you hop in a car in Pittsburgh, in the morning you get, you get to, to baltimore you just hop on a bus in the morning you can get there <laughs> however they want to do that so they don't have this this, this schedule of course, of course you know a bye be early and unexpected that is part of the deal there but yeah you mentioned them getting taking their foot off the accelerator it was more like they got like pointlessly aggressive in that game i know there was a short yardage play where roethlisberger just launched it into the end zone and it was a play before halftime where they were like on the verge of field goal range like 40 seconds left he launched one into the end zone it's like how about the five yards shallow cross there and you know maybe you come over the field goal you're already leading you can get the field goal just to kind of add more to the lead so there was some goofy stuff like that there um you know and I took away from that well the Steelers are beatable by good teams well every team in the NFL has proven they are Hmm. beatable there is no uh 2007 Patriots 1972 Dolphins this year so that was the close call. We've seen the Ravens close call. It was a loss against the Chiefs. We've seen the Chiefs close calls and losses already. So, uh, you know, from a head to hand standpoint, I'm leaning towards the Ravens in this, but it's one of those games where it's like, okay, maybe it's a big deal, but maybe it's just two 12 and four teams at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this might decide the side of the division, but I'm even sure in, in this world what that means in terms of playoffs and things like that.
0: Right. And I don't know. I mean, I've been kind of going back and forth on this game. I think I think Pittsburgh might be the better team, but they got to lose at some point. Like you said, Mike, <laughs> I, I don't think they're going undefeated here. Baltimore's defense is very good. I think the Steelers' defense might be a little bit better, but I don't know. I'm very excited for this game. I really I, – I wanted it to be flexed. I want to I watch that instead of an Eagles-Cowboys game with Ben Danuki on Sunday Night Football, so <laughs> can't wait for that.
2: Wait a minute. Is it Danuki, not Danucci?
0: I, don't, I thought I'm it was Danucci. I'm not I'm Italian, sure so that, that could be yeah, very wrong. That might be the it, very Americanized way to say it.
2: It would typically be Danucci, okay. at least the way it's it pronounced in the Philadelphia area. But right. you have different pronunciations based on different dialects, so it could be Danucci. <laughs> it could be Danucci, too. I, be like DiN-
0: I'm, DiN- I'm German and Irish, so I have no Italian <laughs> in me at all.
2: Okay, I'm going to go with Danucci, like the little potato. Oh, uh, gnocchi, yeah, I, I love want
0: gnocchi. Gnocchi. Now I
1: want gnocchi. It's, not, it's <laughs> not spelled
2: that way, but now now at least I'm hungry. Yeah, He's not for some Football, but hungry for some yaki.
1: Real football fans want to see Carson Wentz versus Garrett Gilbert.
0: Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Cooper well,
1: yeah. Cooper Rush.
0: There, they did Rush. resign Cooper Rush. They brought him back. So uh, I doubt he gets the start. But well, uh, if you
1: ever looked at it, you
2: know, Jason Garrett, who was kind of a red-headed, try-hard quarterback, brought in Kellen Moore as his a red, it was kind of a red hard quarterback, hard quarterback. <laughs> and then they brought in Cooper Rush who's kind of a red-headed try hard quarterback <laughs> and then they're all gone but somehow Andy Dalton gets in <laughs> so i think Mary jones all,
0: is behind all of it
2: all of the ginger quarterbacks in the world are like it's like a confluence with the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> And none of them can play. I mean, apologies to, to, to Dalton, who had a pretty good
0: career. But like
2: at this point, none of them can play. So if Archie Andrews from Riverdale is looking for a job, I think I think he's got to like. Go to the job. <laughs> a,
0: All right. So we've learned. We've learned. Some
2: kid who plays them on TV and could put him in. We've
1: learned family. two things today. The Cowboys are the pinnacle of signing gender quarterbacks, and Mike Tanier watches Riverdale. Mm-hmm. So there, <laughs> there, <laughs> there is that. So, I do. There is another, you know, big divisional game this week, and that's Seahawks and the 49ers. Um, You know, I say coming into the season, I think that San Francisco is going to take a step back. I didn't expect it to be because everybody on their roster would get injured. But nonetheless, you know, they're going to be without Raheem Mostert again this week. Uh, Obviously, you know, the injuries uh, to Nick Bosa and Solomon Thomas being done for the year. Um, Seattle on, you know, this past Sunday in one of the crazier games of the year, you know, we saw Russell Wilson look a little bit human. He had the three interceptions in the game. Um, do you see this as more of uh, a bounce back for Seattle where they just come out all guns blazing or it, do they stumble a little bit again in San Francisco, uh, you know, plays them well?
2: You know, my eyes are on the Jamal Adams injury situation. He was supposed to return to practice as of Wednesday. He did not. They cited mm-hmm. sort of lingering injuries and an illness in there. I don't know what's happening, you know, as we speak uh, in terms of his status, but that's such a difference maker. I think I think the Seattle Seahawks with their defense as as – Stands right now. You can throw Carlos Dunlap in there, who's like a little tiny addition. Uh, is vulnerable against anybody uh, mm-hmm. because they do not have in the back seven uh, Wagner, right? I mean, they're like legendary players. They do not have enough overall talent, athleticism, etc. There, and they have no pass rush up front. So that's going to be like the better teams in the NFL are going to are just going to attack, attack, attack. And yeah, maybe they're going to win some 37 38 shootouts, but that's not the way they want to do things. So. I have a feeling they're vulnerable in this game because, because the 49ers are so good at stretching you out all over creation and creating these mismatches. And, and the Seahawks' secondary is, is full of mismatches mm-hmm. uh, that you can create. Oh, like these taffy pulls that put Debo Samuel over here, George Kittle over there. Who's going to make the tackle on him? Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas ain't there anymore. If Jamal Adams ain't there anymore, there's nobody. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm leaning – I say all this. I'm still leaning towards the Seahawks being the favorites in this game. But I see a lot of different paths to victories in this 49ers team. that's playing with a lot of resilience on both sides of the ball and some outstanding coaching. I I see a lot of paths to victory for that.
0: I don't know. Seattle might want to think about sticking DK Metcalf in that secondary. He could chase down (laughs) anybody. Edge rusher. Edge rusher. Okay. DK straight
2: off the edge. You might say, well, he's 225 pounds. First of all, I mean, you saw him. He could probably bulk up to 240 pounds in 10 minutes. (laughs) Secondly, they got Shaquem Griffin. There as edge rusher, he's like 213 pounds yeah. soaking wet. You know, it's like he he should be back there playing that kind of secondary. <laughs> you put DK wide nine straight out there uh with somebody eat up the block, and 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 he and you saw he could tackle. We know he can tackle. He tackles we know he can end. tackle.
0: Call up Pete I Carroll. Call him Pete Carroll right now. Let him know. Let him know the okay. game plan. But, but no, I'm Mike. You know, Tom I'm,
2: Cable. Tom Cable would come back and put him at left guard. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mike, I'm with you there. I, I think. My, I still got Seattle as my favorite for the as, for this division. Yeah. You know they're gonna they're gonna score thirty forty points a game just because it's Russell Wilson. But it's it all just comes down to what their defense can do. It, it comes down to if their defense can combat that and hold teams to under twenty five points. I think they they'll be okay. Um, I don't love the Forty ers offense. I don't love Jimmy Garoppolo. They're missing a lot of guys in the run game. But right. you know. They they've got some nicer pieces there with, with what Brandon Ayuk's been doing this year, and they still got yeah. George Kittle. So I think it'll be a fun game. I mean, those games are always fun. We just saw the Seattle-Arizona game. That game was fun as well. So I think it'll be an entertaining game. I think it'll be close, but I, I, think, I think Seattle's got this one.
1: I think that Seattle's incapable of playing a game in which they don't give their fans cardiac arrest. So, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all if this is another – similar to what we saw last week. You know, it's a 37-34 going into overtime thing. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Mike, what do you think about Jimmy Garoppolo? Because we've talked about it a few times on this show. I don't think that – I think that if this season keeps going the way that it is, if they finish, you know, 8-8, eight and 9-7 eight, and seven on the outside looking in, I think that there's real questions about the quarterback situation there. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is last in the league in, in air yards. So I, I think that in a Kyle Shanahan type offense, I think we're starting to see that maybe he's not so confident in Jimmy Garoppolo.
2: Well, I, I have a hard time like sort of wrapping myself around the, the layers and layers of Garoppolo narrative, hmm. you know, it's like, well, they, they got to the Super Bowl last year and we're winning in the fourth quarter. And we all saw like bad throws there, but, you know, how many quarterbacks you say, well, you're going to get to the Super Bowl and win in the fourth quarter with? There's 25 of them maybe in the NFL. This season, we, we've talked about injuries, how many weeks they were without Debo, how many weeks they were without uh, Kittle. I know some of those lined up with Mullins being a quarterback, et cetera, how many guys they've lost in the running game. And it's like, okay, I don't think he's this – he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not this brilliant uh, downfield passer. He's not Aaron Rodgers. Okay, mm-hmm. once you carve off that level – most coaches are going to be like, well, can, is he going to be the same guy every day? Can I live with him? And they also, I also I personally kind of throw out that Dolphins game a little bit. They brought him back too soon. I think that was obvious. So, you know, let's see how this season progresses. Because if this is a season where it's like, oh, we were down to our fourth string running back, and we lost all of our guys on defense, and we have the rookie receiver and the receivers who are kind of like the the, the uh, slot guy slash yak guy, et cetera, they're going to roll with Garoppolo. They're going to roll with what they've got because it it really... You and me, all of us, we can, we can say, let's move on from quarterback. It's a little different moving on from quarterback when you have to do it in the room. And it would have to be more disastrous. We have to, we'd have to see more games like the Dolphins game. It yeah. didn't have the, gosh, he still had a, the sprained angle and not heal. More games like that before we start turning it around and say, right, they're, they're going to move on from this game.
1: Yeah. I, Plus I think, the $137 million contract that he signed yeah. a few years ago. I'm yeah. sure that's yeah, kind of totally. weighing on John Lynch.
2: Yeah. No, that's interesting also because that thing was front-loaded. So they can move on from him money-wise mm-hmm. quicker it's not it's not like the matt ryan thing where it's like well oh let's trade matt ryan and like the, the contract is built in such a way you can't possibly right.
1: yeah right. they
2: could do things with that it's more a matter of you know the commitment that they made to him and and the trust they have in him in the locker room it's like oh you're last in air yards yeah well we're going to call 37 little split passes you've got to go out there and sort of direct that kind of thing and the comfort they'll have at that moving forward at his as his salary rather than saying oh Let's go into the draft, even though we're going to be picking 18th overall and get your replacement. That that doesn't
0: seem feasible. Yeah. Yeah. And Mike, I think last time we had you on, I don't know when it was, but it was a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about uh my favorite guy, Josh Allen. And no, Josh, or Jared. We we got to talk about your Steelers already. So now it's time to talk about my bills just <laughs> exactly. a little bit. Because we're going into week eight here, and it seems like they could almost wrap up this division already. Yes. Uh, if they beat the Patriots this week, I mean, Bills will be moving on to six and two. Patriots have dropped to two and five. Dolphins play the Rams this week, so I don't see them winning that game unless Tua comes out with his hair on fire. But <laughs> the Bills could very realistically wrap up this division very early, which I have never seen in my lifetime. and. I really, really, really would love to see that happen.
2: Yeah, do do what the Patriots used to do, and yeah, yeah Tua goes out there with his hair on fire. It's because Ryan Fitzpatrick got out there with the uh, with the hairspray and, and the
0: <laughs>
2: I'm a leader and a mentor. Um, <laughs> but uh, where were we? Oh yeah, Josh Allen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I-, I think you're right that they can just deliver a knockout punch. to the the Patriots, who I think are are looking to surrender right now, which is shocking. Mm -hmm. But uh, in terms of Allen, okay, he sort of found his level a little bit. The bad Allen we've seen in the last two, three weeks is not as bad as the parody meme Allen that that we thought. The great Allen was a little bit of a sugar rush because, you know, whenever you have the – you look at Josh Allen's stats, you know that there's like a one-yard rushing touchdown (laughs) in there. There's always like a little bootleg and a toss. Uh, and and you know, there were a couple of fumbles that no one said anything about because
1: mm-hmm. you don't count fumbles.
2: So you had a little bit of that. So actually, you're getting a quarterback who can play at this point. I'm really confident. You talk about Garoppolo, we could talk about Wentz later. We got a quarterback, you got a quarterback there that can play. The Bills have a case of early twenty teens Bengals disease right now. <laughs> where the Bengals under the the Dalton Green Dunlap uh, you know heyday would face the Steelers and be like, ooh. Oh my god, what's happening? And and it would be like a Sunday night game or Monday night game and you get a five interception day from Dalton. And it would go back down to where they belonged in their brains at ten and six. And it was really organizational wide at some point. It's like is is it a narrative? No. When you're when you're 0 and 6 in prime time games against the teams against the Patriots and and, and Steelers, it is sort of a sign that you can't do it. And you look at the bills and it's like, oh, here come the penalties in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. You know, here come these other, like oh we jump offside six times while trailing by six points in the fourth quarter. You're, 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 it's in your head. It's in your gut a little bit. Right. They get past that because this is the Patriots. Still, they still got the helmets. They still got Belichick. You get past that, you get the win here, and then you can cruise the playoffs. I'm not, I'm not sure where you get beyond that, but cruising to the playoffs, like you're right for for Bill fans, would be a lot of fun to watch.
0: Yes. Yes. From the from the mouth of Mike <laughs> Tanier himself, and I love to hear it. That's great news.
1: The thing that you know comes back for New England is the fact that they've looked horrible the past two weeks. I mean, Cam's thrown five interceptions the last two games. Jared Stidham's thrown an extra one. I think they've thrown the least amount of touchdowns in the league in that offense. It it looks – now, i say coming into the year, Kurt, we've we've said it all along. They've got nobody to throw to on that offense. I mean, Joey Edelman, he's not going to be there this week. Even then, you know, he had that one-day game against Seattle. Mm -hmm. I I think that was just kind of, you know, an outlier for – what I'm saying is I don't think that Edelman is, you know, a top-tier receiver. Other than that, what do you got? You got Nikhil Harry. Mm-hmm. I couldn't name you another receiver on the roster, to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't I don't know. The, yeah, the so, bird kid. Uh, yeah. Uh, the Matthew bird Slater, special teams, Hall of Yeah. Yeah. So and um, then defensively, I mean, all the opt outs that they had as well. So yeah, Marcus right. Cannon opted out as well. I mean, we talked to him a few weeks ago as well. So right. I think that a lot of it's being a little bit overhyped as the Patriots suck. It's not the fact that they're horrible. There's not a full strength, and they won't be throughout the entire season because they don't have tower, They don't have Cannon. They don't have a lot of guys on defense. They have no really good skill guys. Sony Michelle doesn't seem to be panning out uh, the way he did his rookie year. So
2: They're
1: the, they're I, the, Bron- they're the
2: Broncos after Peyton Manning left.
1: Yeah,
2: We don't know what we're doing at quarterback. We have Von Miller, and, these, and they did keep them in games. Von Miller, Chris Harris, and those guys – Keep you in game sometimes, so sometimes you pull a 17 to 16 win or a 16 to mm-hmm. 14 win. But you like the, the offense is so bad. The offense looks like if the Jets like had to get a scrambler off of waivers, I, I won't even say Colin Kaepernick because <laughs> it's four days before the election and nobody needs that. They go grab, was it Josh Johnson? They go grab jo- Josh Johnson, Adam Gates Here's Josh Johnson because because Darnold separated his shoulder again and he left him out there to, to get it worse. Uh, this is what that would look like oh we'll run over zone read four times a game and then we'll just run garbage the rest of that is what the Patriots (laughs) offense looks like and yeah like like those Broncos defenses that we saw even until this year we see that from the Broncos defense Mm -hmm. playing very hard still has some really talented dudes around and is well coached it's just not enough and it looks like something that's going to end six and ten maybe
0: right and uh, I don't know I mean I Going into this year with all the opt-outs and all the injuries, whatever, whatever, I was thinking, yeah, you know, it's Belichick. He's not going to just roll over and die. And I don't think that's what he's doing. But he's trying to do everything he can with his team. It's just not the same team. And, I mean, I personally love to see it. But uh, we can <laughs> stick with the Patriots here because, Mike, I want to ask you about uh Stefan Gilmore because there are lots of rumors with his name uh, with the trade deadline coming up on Tuesday. I don't see – you know, why they wouldn't move him if they get exactly what they want. But yeah. I don't know. I mean that's that's a big name to get moved. The defensive player of the year, uh kind of the cornerstone of that defense. But what what are your thoughts on whether Stefan Gilmore could possibly get moved by Tuesday?
2: I think they're looking for a Jalen Ramsey like Blockbuster. I I I Belichick smells the rebuild now. I, he mm-hmm. he he and Cesario smell the uh, smell the rebuild and realize like, yeah, it's time, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's looking down the roster at some of the guys who've been with him for a while, won Super Bowls with them, and and in back like, can I set this set this individual free? Mm-hmm. You know, can I set yeah. them free <laughs> at this point? Uh, because you know, keeping them for two more years to a rebuild—that's how you create a Carlos Dunlap situation. <laughs> you know, and it might be it might be different with the McCourties, who are like you know, ride or die. We've been here, our families are here, whatever. But it's a guy like Gilmore—you can move him, and, and there's a lot of trade value. So I don't see it happening unless they get a first-round pick, or or like let alone some kind of like a Ramsey-level blockbuster. But yeah. they'll ang- they will anchor for it, uh, angle for it. And, and if they do, that is, that is the surrender flag. And Belichick will never surrender in the sense that, oh, I'm going to secretly tank or anything like that. <laughs> He'll put young guys in there and try to coach them up. But, but the, he's been around enough to know he, he, he sees the writing on the wall with how far this team is going to
0: proceed. Right.
1: So we're not, gonna see, we're not going to see – we're not going to see an obvious situation like Jimmy Johnson when he was with Dallas, you know, not starting superior players to ensure <laughs> that he would get the picks from the, uh, the Herschel Walker trade. We're not going <laughs> to see anything like that. But, you know, this has been a theory for a lot of people throughout this season, the fact that Bill Belichick's going to gain a hell of, hell of a lot of draft picks, he's going to find a way to move up, and he's going to take one of these big three quarterbacks. and.
2: Yeah, and, right. But but we but we, but this is just the story. of The story, just like oh well, the story was Jared Stidham. Hmm. He's coached him and yeah. dad coached this guy <laughs> up. Uh, and I'll, let me just say this, you know, because every time I do a radio, it's one of these freaking radio things. Like, well, you know, Tom Brady or Bill Belichick, who really deserves the credit? And it's like, I, wanna, I don't want to. don't want to be in the conversation with people who actually think this way. But I'll tell you that Bill Brady versus Belichick. I know the answer it ain't Josh McDaniels
0: yeah, it yeah. sure as
2: hell ain't Josh <laughs> McDaniels he's like oh Sit him, he's the answer wait till you see I'm an insider and I know they love him mm. and then well, it was Cam Newton he, the, the, Look how, look how he else mm-hmm. they didn't have a plan they didn't have a plan so right now while they're they're brilliant and they have clever people in there, they didn't have a plan which means they're scrambling like everyone
0: else right yeah now. yeah definitely and I mean I don't know what the plan is. Do they move up? Do they get a quarterback? Are they just going to, you know, it'll be a two, three-year thing where they just get so much rookies and draft picks. And right. I don't know. I mean, I can't imagine Bill Belichick really sticks around for a full rebuild. I don't know. Mike, he's not going to want to, I don't think. Right?
2: Yeah, it's it's he, he, it's tricky. Like, it's, I have talked to people who know Belichick. And one thing is, like, he would last 10 seconds in a broadcast booth.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: The moment uh, he started talking about like the, the way a long snapper snaps
1: <laughs> and a
2: 25 year old producer in his earpiece said, this is too footbally. This is too footbally. Make it entertaining. Laugh, laugh at, uh, at Bill Coward's joke. <laughs> he would slam the earpiece down at the commercial break and be gone. It'd be like Ron Swanson. Like I am out, Like he'd be out in the woods and that would yeah. be the end of it. Uh, so, so it's like, uh, I don't know if he'd stick around through a rebuild, but I also don't know what he would do. Right, right. Like he would write his memoir, or he would, uh, you know, get it. The History Channel presents Great Generals of History with Bill Belichick. He'd get all like he'd get jazzed up for that or whatever. But like I, I don't know, I don't, I don't pretend to know his mind. But I do know he will not be in a broadcast booth happily chucking, chuckling around uh, with, with the other guys.
1: He'll be doing more subway commercials and coaching lacrosse somewhere. I yeah, feel like that would be. he could
2: be coaching lacrosse P- La with his daughter somewhere. Like, can, yes.
1: That would be one route of taking it for Bill Belichick. Mike, we always appreciate your time. Enjoy this Sunday of football. We will definitely talk to you very soon, sir. Thank you. You got it. Take care, guys. Thanks, Mike. All right. And that is the great Mike Taney. Wherever you can find any sort of football, you can find him. So one of our favorites to have on always makes us laugh and always gives good insight.
0: Absolutely. I seriously
1: think – I think New England's going to take a quarterback. I think they are going to just have – they're gonna have a stockpile of picks over the next two years. They're gonna package it to some team who doesn't necessarily need a quarterback, and they're gonna find a way to to get one of these guys.
0: If if they move Stefan Gilmore, I think you know that that could put them in a position where, hey, we got two first round picks now. We're sitting at maybe pick what, maybe ten, eleven between, somewhere. yeah, between yeah. like nine and twelve, somewhere around there. So they're sitting there. They'll say. Let's move up in the top five. I'll, I'll give you one of my first-round picks. So I'll give you this, 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 and that, and move up in the top five and draft the quarterback. I would not be totally surprised if that happens. Um, it's just – it's still weird to me to think about this, that the New England Patriots oh, yeah. are looking for a quarterback in, in a rebuilding phase because usually the week leading up to the Patriots game, I am just – yeah, let's move on to next week. I don't want to talk about this week because my bills are going to lose 42 to 16 and Tom Brady's going to have four, (laughs) uh, four touchdowns. And, uh, it's just Patriots week is never fun for me, but this week, this Sunday is a different story, my friend.
1: Yeah, that it is. I mean, the bills are clearly the better team defensively. They've got to figure something out. I get that they've dealt with injuries, but it hasn't been
0: what we were accustomed
1: to last year with them. Mm -hmm. So, um, but they are you know, getting a
0: lot of guys back this week. Um, Levi Wallace, the number two corner, he's back this week. They do lose Josh Norman, but honestly, that might be a, a addition by subtraction because he's, he's had some ugly plays out there. So um, they're, they're getting a little bit healthier. John Brown will be back this week. Um, so, you know, John Feliciano, the guard, which is big because – Anybody that's got running backs in this Bills Patriots game, uh, play them because I think they're supposed to be forty mile an hour winds and rain up the wazoo. So mm-hmm. it is going to be a ugly game, and there won't be much passing. So uh, just something to keep an eye on there.
1: Yeah, that it is. So um, I mean, I'm trying to find the uh, what the Patriots draft capital looks like for mm. 2021. Um, let's see. Transactions says that. Um, the jets traded their 2020 third round pick, So that's already done. Um, all right, here it is. They have right now as it stands, three sixes. Um, they don't have a three because they forfeited that because of the thing with the filming, the Bengals sideline Mm -hmm. last year. So they won't have a three, at least right now, but now I mean, if they trade Gilmore for, let's say, you know, a one, uh, you know, a, Four, maybe like a five next year, three next year, something like that. They'll get they'll get a lot of stuff in return for them. Mm-hmm. But I think it all comes down to them getting that extra first round pick to be able to try to move up. And, you know, say, hey, we'll give you one of our ones. We'll give you our four. We'll give you two of our three sixes, and we'll give you something next year. But we we just want to move up. So, and I think that if you know we see a team like Cincinnati finish, you know, fourth or fifth, I think that'll definitely come in handy for them. Just because I don't think it's going to hurt Cincinnati too much to move down five spots, gain a bunch of extra draft picks for you know, they're not going to take a quarterback. So, you know, for them, I think that would be a good move. Um, so I think right now they just got to hope for Cincinnati almost to keep losing. If that's the path they're going, they need a team like the Bengals or some other team who's set on their quarterback for the future who's just kind of struggling right now yeah. in the process to to finish with, you know, a top five pick. That way they can try to negotiate something.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing too is it's it, the, the Patriots have been so good. Just kind of because they've had the same guys forever. Yeah. But we don't really see them, you know, making these great trades that, that bring in either draft capital or a, a for sure starter. We don't see them making the huge trades. And we don't really see them hitting on the superstars in the draft. I mean, yeah, Tom Brady, whatever. But in, in recent years, what have we – they they drafted Nikhil Harry. He hasn't panned out. I mean, At it, all. Seems, it seems like – not that their front office is bad because they've been so good for so long. I'm not saying that they're bad, but it they might be in some trouble now because they haven't quite you know done great in the past in the front office because I mean, look what they do with the Mohammed Sanu trade. They traded a second round pick that's not cheap that is no, a second round pick not. is very valuable. A second round pick straight up for Mohammed Sanu he didn't play well, and then they cut him after the season, so I mean yeah. I mean, yes, these are only these are a couple examples, but I'm just saying, I mean, they're not in the best hands, I'll say that. They're not one of the best-run front offices in the league, I'll say that. Yeah, and I think that's a fair
1: assessment of how things have been going. So, no, we've got an exciting week ahead of us, though. Um, yeah. One game I'm really paying attention to, though, um, outside of the ones we've already talked about, Chargers-Denver. I think that's going to be a, a very fun game in mm-hmm. mile high. I want more snow games. Hopefully, it's still snowing in Denver by the time we get to Sunday. So, I think that, you know, the Chargers are riding high right now. You know, they got the win last week. I really think Denver could surprise some people this week and get the win. It's in mile high. Justin Herbert is going to be playing in his first real cold-weather game. Mm -hmm. I still like the Denver defense, even without Von Miller. So, I think that this could be a lot closer than some people think. I think that Denver could potentially win it. I mean, there's two two two-and-four teams. Obviously not created equally. I think the Chargers are a far better team than the Broncos are, um, and they could very well be sitting around four and two had things gone a little bit different. And their close games. So, um, but yeah, I think Denver could actually could really make a run. Is there a game in particular that you're paying attention to that you know we haven't really mentioned yet?
0: There's a lot of games this week. Just, I'm just kind of looking through here. There's a lot of games that you know it could go either way. Because I was yeah. I was thinking about doing. You know, I was, I was thinking about doing my weekly parlay, whatever, and I, I read your article trying to get some little motivation here, but I just – I don't love any of these games. I mean, they're going to be they're gonna be competitive. That's why I don't love them betting-wise, but, you know, entertainment-wise, yeah. I think it's going to be a great week. I mean, the Colts-Lions, that game could go either way. Even, you know, Falcons-Panthers, that game could go either way. Raiders-Browns, that game could go either way. There's only – there's a few games. I'll, I mean, Chiefs-Jets, that's the one game – Packers, Vikings, I think that's two games that are for sure. All the rest of them, I mean, eh, Bucks Giants. But there's going to be some very, very close games this week. And, I mean, I don't know. I think maybe the one that's standing out to me that I kind of want to watch is Tennessee and Cincinnati. Yes, Tennessee's yes. been riding at high. They're 5-1 they're on the year, but watch out for the Bengals. People, don't, people are sleeping on the Bengals because every single game that they've played in, Joe Burrow keeps them in it. Every single game they, they play in, it's close. And they're not going to just, you know, lay down and die. They're going to they're gonna compete. And I think Joe Burrow and that offense can put up some points on that weaker Tennessee defense.
1: I'll say it right now. I think the Bengals upset Tennessee this week.
0: Whoa, okay. okay. I think
1: that – I wouldn't look, go that I, far. I, I just think no, it's going to be close. I'm, I'm fine with mid again. I'm not going to bet on it because I'm scared. But <laughs> – but, uh, no, I think that as close as the Bengals have come so many times this year, they, should, they could have had a win against the Chargers. They could have had a win against the Eagles. Um, they could have had a win against the Colts. I mean, they could very well be in that four, yeah. one and one range right now. Definitely. So, I would not be surprised at all. Look, they've got weapons that Tennessee won't be able to handle. I think it's similar to Pittsburgh where they've got a lot of really good receivers. Tennessee's secondary is not good. So, I like Cincinnati being at home. I think we see a little bit of that Joe Burrow magic. I think that Tennessee drops their second straight game and uh, the Bengals get their second, get their second win on the year. I can't wait Uh, to watch that game.
0: I would love that. I would, because I love Joe Burrow and I really want him to do do well. But he's just got no help around him except for now they did add two pieces on the offensive line. They traded or they signed Quentin Spain from the Buffalo Bills uh, Mm -hmm. who they, who they cut earlier and, he didn't give up a single sack last year. So he's, yeah,
1: that was a weird waving to me. So, I mean, that was a solid pickup. So, for the, something, for something
0: was happening, happening internally. He was, you know, he, he dealt with a foot injury and then uh, they benched him. They wanted to get Cody Ford in there, the, the second year uh, young guard. So it's, it was something internal. They weren't too happy with each other. And I think they just said, you know, you do your own thing. We'll, we'll, we won't hold you and kind of mm-hmm. hurt your career. So, but that's a good that's signing fair. by the Bengals. And in the Carlos Dunlap trade, they traded uh, – They the, got B.J. Finney. B.J. Yeah. Finney, yeah. And I mean, former
1: former guard and center for Pittsburgh a few years back, and then he was with Seattle. So. Seattle, yeah. and yeah. So,
0: I mean, Carlos Dunlap for a sixth and B.J. Finney, I mean, they're pieces. They, that's what they need. They need pieces. They need depth. They need, you know, maybe just new blood in there on the line because they have not been getting it done, so – both Hopefully. of which
1: could probably start this week if they right. wanted to. So yeah. we'll see what happens there. But uh, aside from that, let's get to our picks, buddy. Uh, did we both go three and zero last week?
0: We did. Oh, I did at least. I don't know about you. I went.
1: I went three and zero as well. So you're still a game ahead of me, I, okay.
0: I suppose. Let me let me pull it up here. Uh, yes, I am fourteen and seven on the year. I went three and zero. So uh, I'm riding high. You better catch up to me. But I'll let you do your picks first. All right. So I'm thirteen and eight last week. I picked Green Bay, Tampa Bay, and Detroit.
1: Uh, So my first pick this week, I said it in the betting article, I might regret, I'm taking the Falcons tonight, Thursday night football. The underdogs have covered in every Thursday night game thus far, except the Jets, who were pretty much a pick them at at plus one. So I mean, it was kind of an up in the air thing where if they didn't win, they're more than likely not going to cover. So um, Thursday night games tend to favor the underdogs in these situations. Um, Atlanta's more experienced as well. um, So I think that'll come into play. Um, on these short weeks, so I'm going to take the Falcons to beat the Panthers.
0: Okay, all right. There's your first pick. My first pick of the week. Um, I'm not going to. take I'm not picking the easy ones. Don't worry, I'm not picking the Chiefs. I'm not picking the Packers. I was going to say
1: that should be off limits for both of us. I,
0: I, yeah, I'm going with the Packers, Chiefs, and Bucks <laughs> this week. No, I'm. I'm not doing that. Uh, I'm going to keep it a little, little interesting here. I'm going to go the Raiders this week. Raiders over the Browns. I think this is going to be a close game. Uh, the Browns are without Odell Beckham Jr. now, and it's going to be the Jarvis Langer show. They're still waiting on Nick Chubb to come back. So I think it's going to be a close game. I like, I like what Derek Carr's doing this year a little bit. He's, he's kind of – you know, he's balling out there, low-key, and, you know, he's, he's playing pretty well. I like the Raiders at 3-3. Three and three. So uh, I, think they, I think they take down the Browns, and the Browns move to 5-3. and three.
1: I like that pick a lot. Very good. Uh, we'll see how Noah Beckham Jr. affects the Browns' offense. My second pick, I'm going to take the Seahawks there with the 49ers. I think they bounce back after, you know, Russell Wilson – uh, while they took the Cardinals to overtime, he had three interceptions, including the overtime interception to Isaiah Simmons. Um, so I think they bounce back. I think the offense looks good against, you know, a 49ers defense that hasn't lived up to expectation this year. So I'll take the Seahawks to bounce back at home against the 49ers.
0: Okay. I like that. Um, I'm, I'm kinda, I'm bouncing back and forth here, but the bears and the saints, um, I can see this game going either way and I don't really know why I can because the Bears offense is pretty bad. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go with the Saints anyways. I think I don't know for sure what uh Michael Thomas's status is yet. I don't know either. Look. Um but I got to imagine he'll he'll be coming back at some point. Uh but if he can come back that's huge. I think Emmanuel Sanders is still still going to be out. But, um, no, I like Drew Brees better in this game, obviously. Nick Foles just doesn't play well anymore. (laughs) Um, Bears defense is good, though. You got to give it that. Bears defense is very good. I think they can control the Saints better um, than maybe some other teams could this year. But I still think the Saints take this game.
1: Uh, the Saints were actually my third pick. So, yeah, I'm going to take mm-hmm. the Saints as well. Okay. I don't I don't like the Saints at all this year. Their offense is very stagnant, and mm-hmm. it's Alvin Kamara. Or Buzz, Drew Brees is very much a shell of himself. I'd bet any amount of money this is his final season. So, um, But that said, they're not worse than the Bears. Yeah. Um, so, I'll take the Saints to beat Chicago and advance to 5-2. and two.
0: Okay, my last pick. I got to do it. I, I got to do it. The Bills are going to win their division. For the <laughs> first time that I can remember in my whole life, they're going to beat the Patriots in a big week, and they're going to maybe just, please, I'm not, I don't want to jinx it. I'm going to knock on wood that they're going to win the division this year, but Bills are going to beat the beat the Patriots this week. Julian Edelman is out. They have no other help on that offense. Cam Newton's going to be running. The Bills just have to control the run game, and the game is pretty much theirs. Uh, it's going to be an ugly game. It's going to be windy, cold, wet, but... That's where Josh Allen thrives. He loves the gusty win. That's why they drafted him for his big arm. So the Bills are going to 6-2. and two.
1: Yeah, that's this is what we call late October, early November football, and I'm very excited that it's here. So all right, my three picks, Falcons, Seahawks, Saints, and then yours were?
0: I got Raiders over the Browns, Saints over the Bears, and Bills over the Patriots.
1: And Kurt is currently 14-7. and seven. I'm one game behind at 13-8. and eight. So enjoy your weekend of football this weekend. Kurt, where can I find you on Twitter?
0: You guys can find me at Kurt, K-U-R-T, Hamaser, H-A-U-M-E-S-S-E-R-88. Have some fun with me this weekend. I'll hopefully be in a very, very good mood after this game. Um, But if not, we'll still have a lot of fun. So find me on there. Where can they find you? You can find me, Jay Bailey,
1: NFL betting article came out yesterday. I'll be doing a film session on uh, Miami edge Rusher, Gregory Rojas. I think that's how you say his last name. Um, But... (laughs) Expected to be one of the best head rushers in this draft, so I'll be doing a film session on him coming out later today. So join me there. Uh, as always, thank you for tuning in to Laces Out. Thanks to Mike Tanier for giving us some time. Enjoy your weekend of football. Joe Burrow's getting a second win of the season. Book it.
0: You heard Laces it here out. first. Happy Halloween. Thank you for listening to Believe.